0: Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hi, folks. Welcome to Life Point. I am certain glad you're listening today. I have got a tremendously special guest today, someone that is on the radio all the time, and someone that we run into from time to time, and we've, uh, we've had a lot of contact. And I just wanted to get him on my show because uh, he, he has such an influence, and God has uh, blessed him so remarkably. And it is Mark Rennick. And so, some of you know that name. Mark, good to have you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it's awesome to have you. And you're with IMSI Hope Community. And so phase, tell, two, phase, phase two, two, phase two, tell us about that for a second.
1: Mm, that's a long story, but we'll be as brief as we can. IMSI Hope Community Phase Two is an entity that was kind of formed uh, about almost seven years ago. It's designed to help people who are coming out of incarceration and to be a resource for them. So say for this morning, I know we're taping this earlier, but today we were out at the ISCC, which is Idaho State Correctional Institution, giving out pamphlets and letting people know that we should be be their first stop once they come out of incarceration, and we try to set them up and be a resource for everybody that's a returning citizen as they get out of prison. In a nutshell, that's what it is. We provide resources and connections, but everybody on our staff has been incarcerated for the most part. There's a few volunteers that aren't, but what we try to do is link them up and be a resource and a connection for them as they go forward.
0: Well, that's an amazing ministry because, oh, as, as you well know, I have a lot of friends that have been in prison and absolutely. are currently in prison, and, and I love those guys and, and, and ladies that that have come out dearly, and uh, to watch them progress is great, but they need help. They need people to love them and care for them. And so, Mark, you yourself, and I didn't even know this at the beginning, but I do now, of course, that you yourself was incarcerated at one time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so you you can understand, certainly, the feel of of what that was like, and and the need to uh, be loved, the need to be cared for, need to have something beyond once you get out, because, you know, this is my understanding. Mark is that sometimes they come out and people don't know what to do.
1: Uh, most of the time they come out, they don't know what to do. I mean, I think we will uh, just go from what this morning people either come up to you with this attitude that I'm going to do this, and usually that's that's not. You try to listen, but you really say take a deep breath. I mean, there was a man this morning who said, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. And he'd done 10 years. And I said, you really need to just take a breath and relax a little bit and kind of start association with the right people. I mean, he's going to Meridian, he's going to his father's house and stop trying to catch up and make up for the time that you're away. Process what happened to you. Because what I would say to people is that what they've gone through is a trauma just like a car wreck or assault or a sexual assault or something like that. And it takes a process to get over that. And the best way to do that is to hang around people who have been in that situation like our office and, quite frankly, to have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the way that that happens, and that's the way that that works the best, and so we try to introduce that to them as much as we can. So hey, speaking
0: we of that, in June, you ha- I was just randomly
1: reading the Idaho Free Press, and I-, and I saw your picture, and I read an article. What was that about? You know, it's like I saw you. At the- I- you know what I was doing when I saw you? You were picking up candy bars. Right, for the and top bar. bar. we have uh, a yeah, uh, Sheriff's Bar. Not for, for me. You, yeah, we were okay. picking up candy yeah. bars, and I, was, I had just gotten up that morning, and we did an article. With the Idaho Press Tribune, um, it's not the Tribune anymore. Idaho Press, I guess. Yes. Uh, two and a half months ago or so, it was a really nice feature, and we did well. And I just, when I get up in the morning, I've got a routine, and I kind of click through some stuff. And one of the things is to click on Idaho Press. And on the electronic piece, suddenly I'm staring at a picture of myself, <laughs> and so I'm in Albertson's with you that early Sunday morning, just yep. trying to pick up a couple of copies to, you know, to show to people because the. The good thing, I mean, the article was great, and it was flattering, but the great thing about that was the front page issue, which a very nice lady who I've reached out to and been trying to contact wrote a very nice piece on the Rider Program, and she's a reporter out of Canyon County, and she got it right. She really hit it on the mark in terms of people in the state think the Rider Program is the greatest thing in the world, and what they do is skew the statistics coming out. They'll say, they'll go before, I mean, you know the legislature, because you're down there as a chaplain for the House, but they will send a person off on a rider and then they'll go to Cottonwood for a couple of months. They'll come back and they'll meet the criteria of the, of the rider. And then the judge will say, that's great. We're going to put you on probation for five years. Now the state markets that as a success. Yet in reality, it's not that aspect that's the hard part. It's the five years of probation afterward in which they have to come down. They're flagged every day for a UA. They've got to be down on Benjamin to uh, report if they have to, Uh, UA or test for, you know, alcohol in your system. And that's when they run into problems. That's when the numbers go through the roof. It's just, uh, and this lady who wrote the article uh, got it right. She really did. And she's caught, and she caught the new assistant for Josh T. Walt kind of in a, and she was defending the system and and she didn't do a very good job. I've met her a couple of times. She's a nice lady, but this is the debate that we Idahoans have to have because the system needs some tweaking. And so it was good that this lady wrote it.
0: Yeah, it was, and and I, of course, I am a little, I am a little fond of the uh, Idaho Free Press because I get that. Yeah, I had a paper that I get. I love their sports page because they cover a lot of local news, a lot of high school news, and well, I they, really, they, really they like lured that.
1: Betsy Russell away from yeah. up north the Spokane, so yeah, I think they're the ones in terms of keeping us Idahoans on track.
0: They teach. I like them a lot, so I'm a, I'm, I'm a a big a support. So I was glad to see you in that paper since I got it. Yeah, but uh, you know, and so dealing with People all the time, and it, it's got to be—I'm sure—a little on the stressful side because you—you are so like me want desperately people to get life together and really do well in life, and and you certainly, you certainly can't meet every need out there. I, boy, there's sometimes I've got almost stressed because I, you know, trying to meet needs of people and and people expectations, and why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And it's just—it gets overwhelming, but. But you guys are are the front line of reaching these people coming out, and uh, in your office, do you have how many people do you have work with you?
1: Uh, there's probably eight now regularly. Wow! Uh, and so, uh, in fact, the the issue you talk about is that boundary issue in terms of what you do. In fact, yes. this morning again, I'm I'm having a conversation with a very good friend of yours, and we'll leave her name off. And it's like she crossed over that boundary and did something with her ministry that 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 crossed over to what we do together. And so you give the person that she, that she strongly supported out of the kindness of her heart and doing the right yes. thing. But she will confuse the population who will then come back in and say, "I got this from here." And and she won't be there and I'll say, "No, we don't do that. We don't we have rules about that." Yet she does that. So it's a it's a boundary issue and it's a need to be consistent. I can't like you. I can't I can do a certain piece of the of the of the puzzle. And that puzzle is to be credible and to help people when they sincerely ask for help. But I can't be their ride forever, no. I can't be no. their hand holder forever, no. I have to say this is it. And you know what, I you're agree. going to feel so much better when you start doing this as opposed to asking me for help for it. Yes. So, and it's a, that's the hardest thing of what we do. We find good people working for them, the lady I'm talking about I love a lot, but it's really hard to uh, understand and divide, make that boundary, yeah. if you understand that. Oh, I've
0: had to learn the hard way. I've learned through making mistakes of uh, how to deal with people. You know, I'm giving, doing too much, and then they rely on you. And then if you don't take care of them, they're mad at you. And I mean, it's just all sorts of situational things. And I and I thought to myself, and then there's been times, uh, I think the enemy's puts you in your mind, why did I even start? Why did I start? Why, why did I even go down this path? You know, but you go down the path because God leads you down the path, and you'll learn sometimes by your mistakes that, hey, next time. Uh, I can do it better, and I did go to some of those training things about dealing with those incarcerated and stuff. But I still don't know. I know more from you and from Doug and yep, from right. people here that have helped me and other people involved in that ministry. Because I'm just I'm very shallowly involved in that ministry. But I think
1: you know too. You'll see though. Even we've you and I've had one that didn't want astray stray, and and we've yes. got some other people that are at the yard. But what. We do, I will tell you emphatically, they strongly pick up what we do, Mm -hmm. and they see the example, which is what you and I are supposed to be doing as Christians. We put that word out there, that message out there, that hope out there, so that when they see me out there today, or they see you, or the people know you, they say, why is this dude so happy? What does he have? What is that? Why does he do this? And inevitably, when we pick somebody up from a prison, we're taking them down the road, somehow that conversation comes out, what are you doing? And I said, well, number one, I'm following what God's leading me to do. I'm the happiest person probably that you know or will meet in the next in the near future. <laughs> and um, so that's what I'm supposed to do. And so if that gets them to look at some point in time, whether it's that day, that night, or within the next couple of years, then you and I have done what we do. I mean, you're a pastor of a huge church. So um, you do it on a much larger scale than I do.
0: Oh, I—I I tell you what—I—I I feel so inadequate, so inadequate when I see people in such desperate need, and and I'm so thrilled when I see people like you and like some of my other friends that are so involved and in, deep into this ministry. You know, you—we well, want
1: We we really do have. I mean, if you think about it, you do a show on this radio station. I do a show on this radio station. Doug Hardy works here, who has a heart for it, but never goes out and takes any sort of credit for any of that oh, stuff. Doug is but awesome, he, but he he he. Um, He's here. He's a force, and he is. People know him and care for yes. him, and it's and it's very, very powerful. So we get to come in here, and I always this is the best part of my week coming here because I see kind of normal people coming here, and it's it's really nice. This is a haven for me.
0: We are very fortunate. I mean, and I mentioned it from my my show quite a bit. Is that we are so fortunate to be with KBXL ninety four one and Beth Schaefer, and, Beth and, and, Schaefer. and, and I mean has been so generous to us, all of us, and so wants the message to be heard and so wants God to be proclaimed. And the great thing is, Mark, we're proclaiming it in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different arenas even even Dale did a phenomenal uh, ad for the Liberty quartet that, that had a concert last month that that was just outstanding and to get people there and to come and to praise God together and some non-christians that could come and be a part of that fellowship so many things going out and I think of my friend Sandy Jones who's out there yeah, in the uh, on the Christian living magazine in fact this if you guys are out there listening uh, get this month's because there's an article that I wrote on my brother uh, a memorial for him, and then Sandy wrote a little memorial for him, too, but is reaching thousands of people with the message of Jesus Christ, and we have a message to proclaim. Mark, you know, my show's a little short, not as long as yours, and no, so, no, yeah, but uh, I'm gonna, uh, we're, we're, we're about, about out, out of time, time here, but Man, it's, it's always a privilege to talk to you. I love running into you. I yeah. love what you're doing. We
1: run into banks. We run into all oh, we the Oh, we, we, we do. We do.
0: And so I think that's God's providence. But, uh, folks, I hope that you go out and make a difference and get involved in ministry. If you have any questions, get a hold of us. I know Mark would be glad to help you and, and get you involved, too. So, Lord bless you. And, Mark, thank you. Thank you, sir. Folks, have a great day. Get out and serve the Lord with all you have.
1: LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church
0: of God.